Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting have come to an end! The Giants have won the pennant! Welcome back to Thompson to Clark. Brad Evans and Double G here. This is the, I think this is the first time outside of like a playoff recap where we've gone midweek, like Wednesday. Yeah. Midweek yeah. is, is kind of weird. It feels a little weird going during the middle of the week here. Yeah. But in the off season, is there really a middle of the week in the off season? <laughs> I don't, I mean, it doesn't even feel like it half the time because you could get news at uh Saturday morning at eight. You could get <laughs> yeah. news of, you know, Wednesday night at, at uh, two o'clock in the morning. So who even knows anymore, man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what was funny was last week when we did our show, Right smack dab in the middle of doing the show, Brand the news comes out that Brandon Belt is uh, going to the Blue Jays. So we we weren't even able to really respond uh, or you know talk about Belt at all because it was just sort of news in the middle of our show. Yeah. We mentioned the news, we put it, you know, we we did the show, and, and then and then it happened. So it's now a week later, and we will talk about Belt on this show. So uh, that that'll be good, but. You know what is interesting, and we're getting a little bit of like uh, uh, inside podcasting here. You know, I hate it when everyone calls everything inside baseball. Uh, yes, it throw. <laughs> you know, is that a new thing? Because it is throwing me off. I, I can't remember. I was reading an article, and then somebody said it's a little inside baseball. I was like, no, this is an article about submarines. What are exactly. You talking about? This has nothing to do with baseball. <laughs> exactly. Why don't it should be inside, and then the subject that we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so you know, we all, we also have a YouTube channel. And subscribe if you haven't. It's growing slowly, but the the views that we get on some of these clips have been fantastic. And so I was like, well, we have the news. We might as well just put that little segment of us talking about Belt out there. A lot of people probably hadn't had the opportunity to do that. So we put it out there, and it's like the the most viewed thing that we have on the YouTube page. So uh, so that that was cool. But uh, we did, like I said, we didn't get to talk about it. We didn't get to talk about our memories. It just Bam, smack dab in the middle of the show, it happened, and then we just mentioned the scenario. But now that we've had some time to think about it, uh, ultimately, how, how are you left feeling about one Brandon Belt going uh, going to Toronto? And while we're doing this for the video, folks, I'll share some photos, our, our, our photoshops one last time that we, we put on Twitter and on the Instagram 
uh, of belt since we won't be able to use them anymore. <laughs> so we'll just, we'll just I'll just randomly insert them during the show while we're talking about belt. Yeah, it's tough, man. Anytime, anytime you you lose a Giants great, it is, it's really tough, man. Because it, you kind of feel like you knew it was coming, but but you always feel like when it happens in the off season like this, um, and it hasn't happened to the Giants a whole lot, um, because with Hunter Pence with Pablo Sandoval, uh, they were DFA'd in the middle of a season. Uh, so you kind of knew it was coming. kind of had that chance to say goodbye with Brandon belt. There was always that. Oh, I wonder if he'll be back next year. Cause they still need a first baseman a- a- and they still need a first baseman. <laughs> even after, <laughs> even, even after they let Brandon belt walk, they still need a first baseman. Okay. So you're not um, sold on yeah. Lamont Wade jr. As your everyday first baseman in this starting lineup. <laughs> Yeah. O- o- uh, opening day 2023. Yeah. So, so I sent you and uh, Hot Take Bry and JJ and in our text group, I sent you guys a 2023 positions. I just kind of, I had to put them down myself on digital paper just so I could see it again with my own eyes, type it out and say, catcher Bart, first base, Lamont mm-hmm. Wade Jr., second base, Estrada. Third base VR, shortstop Crawford, left field Conforto, center field Yaz, right field Hanniger. And, uh, you know, in PG terms, I said, does this excite you <laughs> in, any, in any way, shape, or form? Does this get you guys excited? And there was a whole lot of, eh, not so much. I mean, it doesn't, um, especially when no. you look at the, the, the two lineups of the teams ahead of the Giants in the National League West. Exactly. And and you have to look at these positions too. And you have to say that is a lot of uh, uh, hope and a prayer, a lot of, gosh, I hope they have a better season than they did last year. Uh, Farhan is very high on Lamont Wade Jr. Uh, I don't know if that is because they don't have any other options at first base, um, but he's high on Lamont Wade Jr. So the organization is, uh, had the injuries last year. And I love the guy. I absolutely love the guy. I love him as a fourth outfielder. I don't yeah. know if I love him as a starting first baseman, um, especially against lefties. Uh, so they're going to have to, they're going to have to get creative at first base. Uh, Cause just what a couple of years ago, 2020. Ooh, that is, look at that. <laughs> uh, just a couple of years ago, um, Lamont Wade Jr. Was part of, uh, you know, the giants first base, uh, conglomerate that hit 48 home runs uh, collectively. Brandon Bell had 29 of those uh, in the 107 win season. And they're thinking he can bounce, you know, Lamont Wood Jr. can bounce back from the knee injury last year. They like where his swing is at and everything else. I don't know, man. It, it's kind of tough. So, so to see Belt go away, and uh, like you said it yourself too in, the, in our chat group, you, you, you said, hey, you know, all Brandon Belt has to do is be Brandon Belt, but Lamont Wade Jr. has to hit like 20 plus home runs and probably hit 280, um, play some really, really good defense at first base for us to say, okay, that was a good decision. Um, and, and really, what are the odds of that happening? I, I, and again, you know, as a Giants fan, we're, we're the optimistic kind. This is kind of an optimistic podcast. I really, I would, I mean, I'll buy Lamont Wade Jr. jersey. If he hits 
320 in March and April. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go buy I mean, he might be the one, one to buy, right? Because you can't buy a Conforto jersey because he's going to leave. <laughs> That's after true. That you might can buy a Wade. Bart. Yeah. You, 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 can you say you can even buy a Bart jersey right now? I don't even know. I don't yeah, even I think don't you could i mean you might be you able to go. buy a harrison jersey the second yeah, he debuts in the yeah. bigs we'll, that that was a little bit of a tease we'll talk about him yeah, yeah. uh at, near near the end of the show but uh, you're you're 100 right now when we talked about this during the judge chase and the correa chase which is finally over minnesota twins mm-hmm. he's back with the twins uh after yeah. all that after all that drama um the the idea behind this lineup was we were like okay this lineup is Fine, as long as it's wrapped around a stud. If, yeah. it's a, if this lineup is wrapped around Aaron Judge, I'm in. If this lineup is wrapped around Carlos Correa, I'm in. And it's not. So that is the missing hole in this, which is like you have all of these ni- very nice supplemental pieces, but you don't have the main event. You don't have the you know the climax of the lineup in there and it's it's unfortunate because they did uh, i've been very negative on on the whole thing on on judge and on correa but you can say the giants are great at adding supplemental pieces right they they will find the one player who is you know possibly you know, frowned upon by 20 of the other GMs and, and all of a sudden the giants can find the good usage out of that is great. And, and I, I enjoy that part of it, but you also have to do the other thing, which is reel in the big fish or create your own big fish, right? If, if you can create yeah. your own big fish, then that takes care of the problem. They haven't been able to do, to do either. And so that's why this lineup, the, the, when you sent it out today, I was just like, it's eh, unless there is somebody who's going to sit in the middle in the three or the four hole and bang out 30 jacks. If you have that, and then you give me Hanniger and Conforto uh, and Bart and, and Lamont Wade and, and baby Yaz, then I'm like, okay, like those guys are really good on, on the outskirts uh, of the lineup, but we're missing the, the one in the middle. And I know some, some people are going to say, what if Conforto hits 30 jacks and th- hits 300? Great, because he's going to be gone next year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and in that line, you know, I didn't talk about Jock Peterson because this is positional. Yeah, they didn't, Jock they didn't list the DH. Yeah, he's going to be 110, maybe 120 game DH this year against uh, against uh, righties. So, you know, it's it's one of those things. And and Jock Peterson, yeah, he's going to be batting third or fourth or fifth. Um but but and and again, I mean, the Giants did this two years ago, and they won 107 games, and everybody goes, "Well, that was luck. It was all this, you know, blah blah blah." Everybody had career years. Yeah, they did, but that's baseball. Yeah, that's inside baseball. No, I mean, <laughs> that, but that but that's baseball, and and that happens sometimes. And I mean, if you know the Giants and the Giants, they like to win games. They like to go out and put out a competitive lineup, but they don't like to pay the price to put out an uber competitive lineup that you could put down on paper and say, this is a lineup that's going to go out and crush, you know, 95 wins. 
the Giants don't do that. I mean, we'll talk about the arbitration later and, you know, a lot of those arbitration cases, those are starters. I mean, we're talking, these are all starters in arbitration cases this year. Um, when a lot of times it's kind of a mix, it's a mix of starters, bench players, you know, whatnot, uh, kind of fill in guys, but the, you know, our arbitration cases, those, those are starters. The Giants like to keep that payroll low. Uh, they like to put, you know, uh, money in big contracts for a year or two, uh, then let you walk. Um, and this is what they're doing. I mean, you're, you're running out, you're, you're looking at VR, you're looking at Estrada, you're looking at Lamont Wade Jr. You're looking at Bart uh, and those guys are, uh, and Yaz, I mean, those guys are all controllable players. Yeah. It's five of those nine guys, five of those eight guys that are controllable that are going to be, uh, on the field in the starting lineup, probably on opening day. Yeah, and some people disagree with you and say, well, Brad, they were about to throw $300 million at Aaron Judge and, and Correa. Mm. And they, that, that, at least that, that was the offer. But until they do it, you're right. They like to sit beneath the, the, the luxury tax and, and you know, find these players on the fringe and you know, you know, all these guys, you know, they're, they're the highest waiver wire team in the league or at least one of them. So, yeah. Yeah. And anyway. they could have been up there. They could have been up there with Gossman. They could have been up there with Radon. They could have, you know, thrown a pitch to Verlander. I mean, there, there's ways to do it, but they won't do it with pitching. Um, and, and that's, that is, you know, again, optimistic podcast. We, we love our giants and we're always rooting for them, but that is my one, my, my one knock against this, uh, th- this front office is I, I, I want to see, I don't mind money being thrown at pitchers. Uh, even if the back end of the deal is going to be rough, that's just the way it is. Samarja Cueto. I mean, we've seen it before, but I mean, Gossman, was dealing. Rodon was dealing. I mean, I fans would have been happy to say, we don't care what it's going to look like in five years or four years. Uh, we saw what they did this year. And then, it, and then you run this lineup out there with Webb, Rodon, Gossman, and then Harrison coming up. That's a nasty four. If you could have gone that route, I mean, they've got the money to do it. So a lot of what ifs, a lot of, uh, you know, what, what if we didn't chase the, the big bats and instead chase the arms? Um, because now we don't have either. But well, the, I mean, theoretically, you could do both. Like, that's the, that's, you could. They, they have money to do both. Uh, so, circling back to Belt, and your main argument was Wade is, is great as somebody who you don't really depend on day in and day out. He's going to surprise yeah. you, he's late night. Um, and, but when he is going to be counted upon to carry a heavy load, you're a little bit more scared in that expectation. And when you have Brendan belt, you know, he's, he's 270 with 25 jacks. If he's healthy, no, you know, bottom, bottom at the, at the bottom, at the minimum. Yeah. So yeah. that, that, yeah. So, you know, I was thinking, what were some of the moments that you remembered about bonds or bonds about belt um <laughs> some some you know just some yeah. uh oh, thoughts on uh <laughs> thoughts on <laughs> favorite favorite belt moments there there's the very familiar to giants fans when they did that one showtime uh episode right when yeah uh, bochi brings them up to the team and he asked belt if he wants a beer and all that. Like a lot of people remember that. Uh, but what about you? Is, are there like memorable moments that you can think back on with, uh, with belt? You know, I, I, as a collective, 
I was always a huge fan of the guy's eye. I mean, that was that's something that's hard to replace. And the Giants value heavily, so I'm mm-hmm. kind of surprised there wasn't a one-year, $9 million, $10 million deal to bring him back. Um, they value that uh, heavily. Um, but, you know, obviously, I think, I think the number one, anytime you think about Brandon Belt, is you think of 2014, October 4th, 18 innings, comes up in the 18th inning, and just drops a bomb into the upper deck in Washington. Uh, you know, Giants are in danger of going, you know, uh, I think back to San Francisco tied 1-1, but instead they go back to San Francisco up 2-0 against Washington. And this is 2014. This is a, a team that, you know, kind of fought through the uh, through the playoffs, all through the World Series. There's probably, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if the Giants get out of that round if, if Belt's heroics don't come through in that game um he was 0 for 6 in that game (laughs) before he hit that home run so it's not like he was having a lights out game before that but it was only a 1-1 game in the 18th so nobody was really doing anything to kind of go back to what you said about why they didn't bring him back for one year i kind of thought about this and they're gonna have to say goodbye to brandon crawford at the end of this year yeah and i wonder if they thought having to say goodbye to both guys at the end of 2023 was going to be hard. But here's my counter to that, which is you have the year to say goodbye to both guys. Like you, you know, we didn't get to, we didn't get a chance to say goodbye to belt. You know, belt had the thing right. with, with crook and Kipe at the end of the year where, you know, he, he had the conversation about if he, he's not back and, and how uh, he thought they were the best. And they thanked him for getting two rings and like that was the moment. We don't have this other moment, which we're gonna have with Crawford, which is last home game, right? Yes, that yeah. Derek Jeter moment in New York, where he goes out there that one last time. They could have done that both with Belt and Crawford, and by not re-signing Belt, and that number that they that that they had, you know, that Belt signed for, that was not a big number in any way. No. Like nine million dollars, they paid him twenty some odd million last year. That you know, you just look yeah. at it and you go, "Oh, it's just a two-year, thirty million dollar contract, no big deal." But that's the thing that bothers me the most. I mean, I'm somewhat bothered. I understand this is a business. I understand the business of baseball. Don't worry. But that that goodbye, like we didn't get that with Bumgarner, right? Like he was a right. free agent and then he left. Um, I think I think we should have uh, been able to get that with both Belt and Crawford. I, I appreciate Crawford. We'll, we'll we'll be able to do that with him this year, uh, and yeah. and you know I because I can't I don't imagine they're going to want to extend him. And who knows who knows what his body is feeling like these days? Who know, who knows what his emotions are feeling like these days? Though Carlos Correa did say that he texted with Crawford when he when yeah. suppose when he fake signed with us. I thought that was pretty interesting because all we heard was that Zadie didn't even tell Crawford that like Cray was in the mix. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, I mean, I, I read that entire, you know, I, I think they transcribed the interview. It was Rosenthal wrote the article and the athletic interviewed um, Carlos Correa. And there's the captain that uh, 
Well, Maverick. The Maverick. Not, I don't think we'll show we'll Maverick, show the we'll yeah. show the captain yeah, pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll show him. Um and I don't think um, you know, it was, it was pretty interesting the stuff that Correa had to say about um, you know, I called Crawford and you know, told him, look, you know, I'll be playing shortstop and you know, you'll have to move to third. I mean, he didn't say it in those words, but I think it was kind of a given that this was going to yeah. happen. And yeah. there's things we can learn from each other. But then when he talked about when he signed with the meds, he said he called Lindor and said, I'm moving to third. I'm not going <laughs> to step on your toes. Blah, 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 blah. You go, what, what was that, yeah, man? Exactly. So, yeah, I, I, don't, exactly. I just don't know how well of a fit it would have been with Correa in San Francisco, especially for that long. I, th- I think it was just kind of one of those. I-, I think it was so much of a letdown from judge. Cause that would have been a fit hometown kid in San Francisco. Giants haven't had a bomber since, you know, Barry Bonds. And then Correa was kind of the, Oh, ho hum. You know, you know we've I heard secret- all this stuff about him, but a judge is the big splash coming off the yeah, MVP yeah. season. He's like the one you chase, but I sort of secretly felt pretty good about Correa as the backup plan because he was younger and because he played a very important position defensively and he's really good at it. So even if he didn't hit the the 50 bombs like Judge, you're you're like, okay, but he plays really good shortstop and you can depend on that for the next six years or whatever. Uh, So I liked, I really liked the fit. And it like that, like that whole thing where you talk about his personality and how he treated those two situations differently. Also, he's got a relationship with, with Lindor. He sort of sees yeah. Lindor a little bit as kind of like a, 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 an, a bigger brother or a cousin or something. He doesn't have that with B but where that comes in is if you believe in Kapler, right? If you believe in, in the Gabe Kapler uh, experiment and how he can manage these uh, adults with human emotions. Like that's where you go, Hey, we, this is why cap is here is because he's really good at this. And I think that they, they would have figured that piece out uh, the, the, yeah, but not telling Crawford is, was kind of weird, but ult- like, you know what? I, I was so interested for, for those. Uh, how, how long did we have them? Like, uh, days. Seven days. Seven days. Seven days. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I was talking myself into B Craw being like a gold glove third baseman. Like I was oh, just like, we all want. Yeah. I want to see it. I want to see yeah. him show everybody that his defensive skills will translate to the hot corner, and that he's that's just how good he is. Well, I was excited for the games that we would have seen. I don't know, maybe ten to fifteen to twenty of these games where Correa's at second and Crawford's at short. And then you just have this, you know, dirty <laughs> two vacuums in the middle of the field, uh, you know, just sucking up ground balls, anything hit on the ground up the middle, you just got it, you know, taken care of. So I was, I was thinking, Oh, that'd be kind of cool to see that. And the, and the left side of the infield would have been awesome. Um, but yeah, I was looking forward to that middle of the infield. Just try to hit something by us and see what happens. Yeah, look at us trying to talk, trying to talk about Carlos Correa yeah. still. Uh, well, well, I happening. imagine we're gonna follow. <laughs> we'll probably follow him just because yeah. of the whole thing. I, I'm rooting for the guy. I hope he does well. I don't want to see. Oh him yeah, have a bum ankle or anything. Well, uh, and that's the whole thing is you know to talk about the ankle and and this was telling in the interview as well when when he said, uh, you know, I think they asked him. Uh, with the ankle, are you going to do anything going forward? Because, he, he, you know, he, he's crazy about conditioning, correct? Yeah. He doesn't drink during the season. 
Um, he's hardcore about baseball. He just loves the game and puts everything into it, which is fantastic. That's, that's what as us fans, that's what we, we want. Um, and he said, uh, yes, I'm going to, uh, pay more attention to my ankle and, and really work on that and condition it better and, and, you know, make sure it lasts a long time. So it must be in the back of his mind now that, okay, this doctor said there's a good chance, you know, eight years down the line, not so much the beginning of the contract, but from like eight to 10 years from now, the ankle is not going to hold up. That's what he said. They told him the ankle may not hold up in eight to 10 years. So now it's in the back of his mind. He's really going to be working on that. But of course, you know, I, I want to see him play out his full 10 years in Minnesota and be totally fine. That's what, uh, obviously as a fan, that's what you want. Um, he's an exciting player. Uh, I don't want to see, you know, well, I'd like to see Minnesota win something, especially if it's against LA in a World Series. Down <laughs> but, but, but that would be about it. I mean, Minnesota, yeah, I give or take. I had a buddy who was a huge Twins fan growing up, and all he would talk about is Kent Herbeck. Just oh, like Kent Herbeck o- over Kirby. Oh. oh my gosh, it was Kent Herbeck was his guy, and he even he named his dog Herbie. <laughs> not not Kirby. He named his dog Herbie for Kent Herbeck. It was his little wiener dog. But anyway, so that's really the twins. And then of course, Little Big League. Can't forget. Oh yeah, Little Big League. Oh yeah, this is a good movie. Movie in good Minnesota movie. and the glad bags on the wall. Um, but yeah, uh, now it's Target Field and you got what is that sandstone all over the place? I don't know. Beautiful stadium. La- last thing about the Korea uh, situation is we've sort of blended the Korea and the belt thing <laughs> together. The uh, the story that they went to the same doctor that the Giants talked to. Yes. When it came to ultimately examining those those medicals. And so, of course, the Mets were like, yeah, the doctor to the Mets was said the same thing that he said to the Giants. And that had them back off. And uh it's interesting that, I mean, why, Yeah. not to say, why would you like the way that I would look at it is, okay, we have that doctor's expertise. How about we get a second opinion, not the same opinion, but the second opinion, they didn't do that. Um, but yeah, so that was the other interesting piece of the story. And then, you know, we talked about this last week, Zadie pretty much said that the giants were out on it. So it was either judge and uh, Boris being out on the Giants or, you know, they still wanted a, a much longer deal than the Giants were willing to work on. So whatever, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's the business of baseball. Again, uh, the Giants seem to be getting the raw end of these deals, which is uh, so frustrating as a Giants fan. They can try and make it up with uh, Juan Soto and Shohei coming up. But man, if I'm those guys, I look at those rosters. I unless you know Luciano comes up and he's he's playing well, and Harrison comes up and he's playing well, and Matos has all of a sudden reinvented himself, and you know all these guys who are you know Grant McRae and all these other guys, you know, in the next few years, like I, I don't know, I don't see the the carrot that that the Giants could even dangle to get Shohei to give them you know even even more than a glance. It's it's gonna have to be it's it's gonna have to be through trades. I mean, they're gonna have to get a guy or two through trades, and then from there, show Shohei that look, man, we're trying to win, and this is a great place to play, and it's San Francisco, and you could battle against LA and San Diego, you know, however many times a year, 
and it, it's gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be on the big screen like everywhere you go in the National League West. Uh, you'll get a little dry in Arizona. It's a very <laughs> boring place to play. But other than that, you're gonna hit a lot of home runs in Colorado. Yeah. You're gonna, you know, so I mean, there's there's ways to pitch it, but it's gonna be tough. You know, you know, if you're the the Mets, you're going up against the Mets and the Dodgers and the Yankees and maybe even the Rangers. I mean, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough tough pitch for the Giants next year. All right, let's finish up on the captain here. Uh, I I reached out to some friends just to see if they wanted to share their memories. And one of my buddies, uh, Brian Ruano, he said, uh, I don't remember the specific year, but he caught a foul ball in the first game of a playoff series and fell into the stands. And (laughs) and after he said he smelled like beer the whole game. That quote (laughs) quote might have actually been in uh, Andy Baggerly's uh, he, he wrote a nice story on belt and it was a lot of, it was just based on a lot of belts quotes. And then, uh, <laughs> Brian also mentioned the, uh, the Bochy moment on that showtime series that, that the giants had as far yeah. as me, my favorite belt moment. I, I'm not sure if I, other than the one that you mentioned in the playoffs, which is, you know, which is a great, fantastic one. Uh, hitting the home run off of Kershaw or getting the hit off of Kershaw. Did he hit a home run off of Kershaw? I forget what was his like that there was like a early game maybe he like got Kershaw once and then um I don't he you never what? got a hit against him ever again. I don't even know if he like I don't even know if he ever hit a home run off of him. Let's see. Let's see this belt. I'm going to have to Kershaw. look up these numbers now. So there's a fun website called Stat Muse. Yeah, there it um, is. and so okay, it wasn't a home run. Maybe it was just like that first game. I think I want to say it was his first game he ever had to play in the big leagues was against Kershaw. But overall, uh, four for 62 with four walks and 30 strikeouts against Kershaw. Only extra base hit was a double. 0.65 with a one with a 0.134 OBP and a 0.81 slugging historically against Kershaw. I feel like that first game he ever played against Kershaw, he got like an infield hit or something and and then like just got destroyed ever since then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they would just not I mean, play him anymore against Kershaw. It was ugly. It was like um it, it was it was like John Cruck against uh Randy Johnson lifetime in, in that. I mean, that was just his tough career against Kershaw. Everybody, I mean, pretty much any left-hander against Kershaw has had a tough time historically, but I, just the fact that Belt had to face him so many times in his career because of being in the National League West, it just amplified things and made it really ugly. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, you know, I, I I'm just trying to say like the 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 thing about being a, a Belt fan was you were just constantly having to defend him in, in scenarios. But I I think that my my favorite moment is just how light he took a lot of that criticism and how fun he was like these last two years where he did the whole captain routine and he like, you know, he was totally doing like satire. Some people took it seriously, but he was obviously not being serious just yeah. the, you know, just the whole, hey, you know, Buster's gone. We need somebody to kind of step up here. And why not it be me? And then he went and had that <laughs> fantastic uh, 
uh, that that fantastic season before he got hurt. He was killing the baseball. He was yeah. doing so many great things until he got hurt. And uh, that is, uh, yeah, and it ended in an unfortunate way, at least for Giants fans. And I'm rooting for the guy in uh, in Toronto. I want to see him do well. Yeah. So. And uh, more than anything, I think that killed the Giants' chances against the Dodgers in that, uh, you know, he would have been a 2021 sure. series. Yeah, I mean, it was it was just brutal. It was brutal. But uh, yeah, the the electrical. We should all put electrical tape C's on our chest <laughs> for our first show of the season in honor of the captain. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that would be great. They should just have like every giant giants a jersey should just have a C on it. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> All right. Uh let's move on. What did you think of now this is hard because we are not Roger Munter who mm. writes about this stuff on a regular basis, but uh, the Giants signed. Uh, the The international signing period uh, happened, uh, and they're leading their class was a young player by the name of. Uh, how do you pronounce his first name? Uh, Rainer Rainer Arius. Rainer Arius. He or Arius. Is... It depends. I haven't actually heard it spoken yet. So. Uh, they signed him to a $2.8 million bonus. He is an outfielder uh, from the Dominican, 6'2", 185. They have been watching him. I read something that, like since he was like 14 years old. Uh, they had scouts watching him, which is so crazy to me because I have 13-year-olds in this household that can't yeah. imagine somebody was scouting them to play sport. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. They're checking to see how good they are at Minecraft. Exactly. You guys are excellent. <laughs> this guy, these guys barely comb their hair before they go to school. Like, I can't imagine. <laughs> they're, they're not raking home runs? What are you talking about? Man. I, I, so I'm coaching. I'm helping coach their, uh, their youth basketball team. And, uh, man, talk about a misfit, a band of misfits, <laughs> like the 2010 Giants, this basketball team. Oh. It's like from the top to the bottom, like the best player is this kid who's about, he's probably about 6'1", and he's 14 years old. He's got oh, like a, he's oh. got like tons of facial hair. And I was going to say, does he have a mustache? He was like palming the basketball. And I was like, <laughs> oh, you can palm the basketball. I was like, all right, give, so let me see your hand. And so his hand is like already bigger than mine. And then you go all the way to the other side uh, where there's a kid who has clearly never played basketball like competitively yeah. in his life. And so this is all new to him. So it's just like the range of like oh, the man. good, you know, the players who, who are going to, going to do well and going to enjoy the season. <laughs> and the, and the ones who <laughs> were just going to try and make sure that they get their, you know, get their money's worth here. But yeah. Well, like, that, and I, I loved that. I loved coaching baseball at that age, you know, the little league age and stuff like that, because I always took those kids, the ones who you're like, and you know, they threw the ball, they, they'd wind up to throw and then the ball would go out behind them instead of forward. And you're like, are you a right-hander or a left-hander? And the parents are <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, this is the first time he's ever picked up a baseball. <laughs> so it was always fun to get those kids. And then by the end of the season, one of them gets a knock 
and you're like, that was it, man. Yeah, that yeah. kid, the stands are going crazy because the parents have watched these kids all year. So, uh, that, the, you know, those are the moments you live for. It's not, you know, at those levels, as you know, too, it's not winning, losing. It's, it's, you know, can you get better from game one to game, uh, whatever it is, the final game of the season. Baseball is the cruelest one out of all the sports because you have some kids who are deathly afraid of getting hit. And those yeah. are the ones who get hit the most. It's <laughs> exactly. so cruel. Gosh, when uh, when Brian and, and and Jay were probably, gosh, they would have been 11, 12. And so we had a kid who was like the the local high school principal's son. Not, a, not an athletic bone in this poor kid's body. <laughs> oh, but, you know, man. you just wanted to try and get him to even just be brave, right? To figure out how to pick up a fly ball, catch it crow hop make a throw exactly. that was like somewhat uh you know close to second base but the th- like we're just trying to get him to be comfortable in that box and he's so deathly afraid of the ball and i think he led the team in hit by pitches it was so oh, cruel no. <laughs> so- <laughs> that's a pretty good on base percentage, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man but uh so uh yeah so so uh the the short uh wait so so bags had him as a sh- uh oh okay bags had uh cuban shortstop anthony tandrone as as also mm. joining the team but arius yeah. is only 16 years old that's I, amazing like, where yeah. does he like uh you know the, i know that they have like you know so many different levels of the minors but where does like the 17 year old kid go and play the first stop well the article i was reading it it pretty much said he's going to be here in the states for a couple of weeks um then the giants you know scouts and and coaches will evaluate and decide is he going to go back to their international facility get some more work or will he stay here in the states and then join what are the the orange and black teams do they Mm -hmm. still have those um kind of the, the rookie teams, the, the lower level teams, and then start there and kind of see where he goes from there. Well, par- apparently his, his father was in the Detroit Tigers minor league organization back in the day. And uh, now he's currently a, uh, a scout um, down in Texas, I think for the Rangers. Um, and, uh, and he's been a scout for 10 plus years. So, and, and that was one of the reasons for the giants, uh, you know, giving this kid 2.8 million because they knew the family was a baseball family. They knew it was a good family that, that was very invested in this child and this kid. I say child, I mean, they got 16 years old. I have a 16 year old Yeah, and, uh, you know, half the time I can't even, you know, trust her to put her laundry from the washer <laughs> to the dryer. And, it, and this kid's getting 2.8 million. So I hope she doesn't, she's probably right on the other side of the wall listening to me. <laughs> I'm going to get an earful after this. Um, but, but yeah, so I think that's, that was one of the reasons too, is said we can give this guy 2.8 million because the, the family is, this is a baseball family and, and they know how the major leagues work and they know what it takes. So it's a good investment overall. Um, it, it, his, you know, the 2080 scale in baseball, 80 being the highest, 20 being the lowest, right now his hit is 55, his power is 55, his run is 50, his arm is 50, and his fielding is 50. So this is a great start for this kid who's 16 years old. Um, 
Lucky Luciano got, you know, Marco Luciano got 2.6 million from the Giants in 2018. And then last year, Ryan Reckley from the Giants uh, got 2.2 million. Uh, so this is the highest they've paid since, since the great Lucius Fox. Yeah, Lucius Fox. He's in the big. He was in the bigs, right? Yeah, I think he. I think he only played in ten games last year with Washington. But I think he'll. I mean, how, as bad as Washington is right now, they're you know he's going to get a fair shot at making the big club um, out of spring this year for sure. So I looked at the Ryan Reckley uh, minor league baseball page here. So uh, this time last year, they they obviously they signed Reckley to a minor league contract. They assigned him to the DSL Giants Orange. And okay. then in July, he got hurt. And so he got put on the seven-day. And then in August, they changed it from the seven-day to the 60-day. So his uh, entire minor league career thus far was only 11 games, 36 at-bats, uh, seven hits, and a, a 194 batting average, but he got hurt. So he had a, a shortened first season as a, as a minor league player. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be, I mean, it's interesting. These, these are always fun to look at. You just kind of look at it, glance at it and go, Oh, well, that's cool. Well, well he's 16. I mean, <laughs> let's check back in in four years when yeah. he's closer to, you know, single A, double A, and, and then go from there. But it's always exciting. I mean, the Giants are putting money into the international uh, players. I mean, how many did they sign? There was a list of, it had to be like 15 or so players that they signed this time around. It, it um, was, I had the number here, unless I killed it. Uh, 23. Players. 23. Okay. Yeah. And then also, uh, I think a South Korean player. Uh, a pitcher who had Tommy John, mm-hmm. um, but he is a big dude, six four, throws like mid nineties. So they put money into him as well. Um, so yeah, it, it's going to be exciting. You know, the Giants are, are they're they're really trying to build the the minor league system, and this does nothing but help. I mean, you know, down the line because again, you have trade pieces. Look at Lucius Fox. You know, so if the Giants need a trade piece, um, they do have them. Uh, you can get you you can build up what you need to build up during this season and next season. And again, you know, show the Shohei's of the world, the Juan Soto's of the world that, Hey, we're trying to build, we're trying to build up this organization to compete with the Dodgers, to compete with the Padres. Um, you know, again, long, long road ahead, but this is exciting. Always an exciting start. So Chen Sun Lee is the Taiwanese right-hander. Oh, Taiwan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, let's uh, let's quickly talk about what we are drinking here, and I'm I'm pretty much done. Um, I went to this I went to the store today because I had to pick up some stuff for dinner, and I you know I'm a big crock pot guy when it comes to putting dinners yes. together because I love soups and stews. Do you so, guys do the instant pot? You ever done an instant pot? We do have an instant pot, but I still use it as a slow That's cooker. Good. Oh, okay. Yeah, we do the same, but back yeah. and forth. Yes. I mean, I say we. I don't do anything. <laughs> I clean. I clean it. Uh, yeah, Crystal, you did use the air fryer for the first time over the weekend nice. while we were watching the Niners game. Um, and I went this morning, and I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to pick up a, a scotch. We've been talking about 2023 being the year of the scotch for me, and 
one of you know, and just watching these videos, and we talk kind of about this these utility scotches where you just kind of need it in the house if you're a scotch drinker. It's not going to be your expensive stuff, but it's just going to be like your really dependable stuff. So the Johnny Walker Black, I went and picked up some Johnny Walker Black. Johnny Walker Black is behind the glass cabinet that you have to get them to unlock. I was kind of surprised about that. I was like, interesting. People are stealing Johnny Walker Black. Um, which would, but, but getting the Johnny Walker Black made me wonder have you ever ordered like a shot of Johnny Walker Blue, which is like $300 a bottle? I've never done that. Um, I, you know what? I rarely buy scotch or, um, bourbon from restaurants. Usually, if I'm going to get it, it's going to be in a mix of some sort. Um, yeah, there was there was a place just like a couple blocks away from us uh, before the pandemic. Really nice place to visit. Um, had great food. It was called the Zephyr here in in South Reno, uh, and it just disappeared during the pandemic. It was just mm, gone. That sucks. But they had they had an old fashioned that they made with uh, a really good scotch. Uh, it was like a 15 year scotch and, and, and I had never heard had an old fashioned with scotch in it before. And it, and it was so good. I had two one night and, mm. but, but that's usually how I drink scotch and bourbon. Cause if I'm just going to get a slug of something, it'll be like, mm, I could do that at home. Yeah. But here I'm going to get like something a little bit fancier. Something different. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, like I've, uh, so I, my, my next step will be, uh, Glenn Livid or something, but I just wanted to have the, the black. And then the next time I'll, I'll look for something else that's a, a little bit, a little bit more upscale and see if I can even tell the difference because still I, you know, I, I could, t- I mean, I know that I can tell definitely taste the difference between scotch and bourbon, like, a, like oh, very, yeah. very clearly. But now my taste buds, as far as this scotch versus this scotch versus this scotch, that's going to be, Interesting. I'm I'm still not sure that I'm going to be able to really, really taste the difference, or even be able to enjoy the, you know, the fifty dollar bottle versus the twenty five dollar bottle. So we'll see. Well, and you you can really appreciate it more if you go to YouTube and just kind of look at you know um, the differences of Scotch from the different regions of Scotland. That that's kind of what it's all about. The different peats that they use, the different water that they use. Um, you know, like the Islays and uh, um, the Highlands. Uh, I like the Highland Scotch the best uh, for me personally. Uh, I like the smokier, peatier stuff. So, I don't know. Do you, do you like do you like to smell like a campfire? Do you like do you like smoke? Do you like to barbecue with like wood and stuff like that? Yeah, sure. I, and okay. you know, the, all, I, I'm open to all of those flavors and smells and such. Um, Good. That that is that like that that is not something that would steer me like oh I don't like that okay. because of you know because of perfect that. yeah because because the, the next one I'm gonna send you you're gonna get the next time you go to the store you're gonna get this one it's Lafroig and it's very smoky very peaty but that that's my number one and yeah. it's really not too much I think one bottle is like fifty dollars yeah so it's not it's not a break the bank but it is definitely a you know kind of savor it for yeah, six yeah. months to a year or so, but that, that, that should be your next one because that'll kind of open you up to like, you went from this to Johnny Walker to now Lafroig, And then, you know, from there you could branch out. There's so many other mm-hmm. areas you can go to. So, yeah. All right. What about you? 
I went I went with my old standard, my my favorite, the Evan Williams, the bottled and bond, the white bottle. It's like, I don't know. I think I got this. I, I got a $3 off coupon, so I got it for like $11. I, wow. But it is just, I mean, it is knock your socks off good. It's one of those ones that uh, just, uh, you know, kind of an old standby to have in the, in the, in the cupboard at all times. You got the, the giant's. Uh, drinking glass there, there a couple go. of ice cubes in it. I'm still I'm still working on it because I put two ice cubes this time, um, because we started so early. So I was like, well, I gotta. I gotta <laughs> yeah, that's right. I gotta slow early. drink it. <laughs> we did start a little early. <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, let's finish off what we were gonna uh, talk about for this show. So the giants and and this is not even really a segment but uh they didn't have to go to arbitration with anybody right they got all of their players who were arb eligible so they had 13 arb eligible players to start the season or sorry I'm sorry start the off season and uh they re-signed Scott Alexander and Baby Yaz in November and this is uh coming from uh, McCovey Chronicles I'm just using this uh, as my uh, as my guide here. And uh, they non-tendered uh, Zach Littell, Jarrell Cotton, and, and Harleen the Dream. Uh, and then... Whose birthday it is today? Harleen. It's Harleen Garcia's birthday today. Yes. Did you have it like written in your calendar or something? I, you know what? I started this project a couple of years ago during the podcast where I had a separate calendar in iCloud that was just Giants players' birthdays. Oh, wow. The problem now is a lot of these guys that are coming up aren't with the team anymore, so <laughs> yeah. I've got to kind of go back in and redo it. <laughs> uh, so they settled with John Brevia, Jacob Junis, Austin Slater, Tyro Estrada, J.D. Davis, Lamont Wade Jr., Tyler Rogers, Scott Alexander, Mike Yastrzemski, and Logan Webb. Now... The numbers um, are depending on like what you think, like someone like J.D. Davis, who we only, you know, we saw for uh, half of a year or a little bit less, 4.21 million. And Logan Webb, who's like the ace of their staff is 4.6 million. But it's all about, you know, how many years and and what you made the year before, because they're, you know, if you go into court, it's going to be the player argues for X, the team argues for X uh, or Y, but it's a little bit lower and you kind of haggle. And this, you know, so I don't know if the Giants uh, had the leverage here, the players had the leverage. All I know is that they did not have anybody go to arbitration, which is good because imagine if you were arguing against Logan Webb and Logan Webb wanted like, 4.8 and you only wanted to give him four and you have to argue against him and say why he's only worth four. That's not cool. Like it's not great no. to, no. especially in a relationship <laughs> where this guy's playing for your team. So I'm glad that they settled and they didn't have to go to arbitration for any of these players. So that was, uh, that was really cool. Yeah. And the giants were in the practice back in the day of, buying years of arbitration and working them into long-term deals. They did that with Bumgarner. Uh, I think they did that with Matt Kane also. Uh, they did it with Crawford, Posey, and Belt. But the one they couldn't do it with was Timmy. Timmy did not want any arbitration years bought out. 
He, he wanted, and then when it was time to renegotiate a contract, he was good with a one or two year deal. Uh, and, and it hurt him in the end, but he got some big bank at the beginning of his contract. Um, so now he's just, you know, able to chill and do his thing. Um, but yeah, it, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing that the giants were able to do that back in the day and just buy out, you know, two or three years of, of arbitration, um, from a lot of the, the big name players that they had. Um, yeah, I could I could imagine going to court and saying, well, you know, Webb, I'm sorry, you're just not as good as you think you are. So instead <laughs> of the four point eight million, we can give you four. We can give you three three point eight, maybe four. We think you are four good, but not four point eight good. So yeah, that's you don't want any hurt feelings coming out of there. All right. Last thing before we get out of here is that on some lists. Kyle Harrison has jumped ahead of Marco Luciano as the Giants' number one prospect. Yeah, uh, Luciano has has started a little bit of a decline on these lists as far as like top tippy top prospects because he he had been in the top ten prior uh, two two years ago and uh, started to slide out of it a little bit uh, last year. But uh, Harrison has has jumped ahead of him in some lists, and I've also seen that. Some expect him to make his major league debut this year, which is insane to me because of how young this guy is still. Yeah. And he hasn't pitched a, above double A yet. Um, but just, uh, you know, we're talking about Giants don't really have many players that you can buy jerseys of. This kid's 21 years old. He will turn 22. Um, not not until August, so he's going to be 21 for almost the whole season. And um, think about like, can you see him coming up and making a making a Giants debut like in July or something? Like that's that sounds so crazy to me. But I mean, that's what the Giants did back then. I mean, we were just talking about it: Tim Lincecum, Matt Cain, yeah, and Bumgarner. Those guys were all young kids when they came up. Yeah, I think I think that the thought process has changed. It's been a little more like, well, let's let's you know get you enough innings in the we minors. We don't want to start that clock. Yeah, we don't want to. Yeah, especially you know you, you don't want to start the clock. You don't. So the, so if they you know if they if that can get changed in the next CBA, I think that would be fantastic. I know they were fighting for a change in that. The players were uh, that this past uh, you know the, during the lockout and everything. But um, yeah, yeah, I I actually I could see him coming up this year, and the Giants need that. They, they really need that. If if you're going to get fans back in the seats, and you're going to get people excited about this club in the future. You got to start bringing up the young kids, especially if the Giants falter out of the gates and, and the first two or three months of the season, they're just not playing great baseball. You're going to need spark plugs. You're not going to need a spark plug. You're going to need spark plugs during the season. Um, Kyle Harrison's going to be one of them. Luciano's still probably not this year. Um, but, uh, you know, you're going to need to see, you're going to need to bring up Elio Ramos and say, Let's give you a hundred at bats. Yeah, put up a let's shut give up. You, yeah, a hundred consistent at bats, and finally see what you got because you know we we can't just sit you in AAA and just leave you there forever. Um, and then you hit two ten. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It goes back down, gets gets upset. You know, things happen and just doesn't hit well. But he's a good fielder, so that's the thing: is the Giants need defense. So, um, yeah, I could see. I'd love to see Kyle Harrison. I mean, God, he led the minors, the entire minors last year in K's per nine. 
Yeah. Uh, what did he have last year? 113 innings, 186 strikeouts. I mean, that's ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, you know, maybe he'll get uh, two months, three months in AAA. Um, you can bet for sure. If he's going to get a start here uh, when they're in Reno, I'm going to definitely make it out for that game. I don't care. The spring here in Reno is so weird. Oh, I, I've been to so many opening days at Aces Ballpark here in Reno in, in April where it's either been 70 degrees or snowing. Oh, wow. it. So it's, I mean, it, it, the spring here is, is, it's awful. It's weird. It's all over the place. So, but whatever it is, I'm going to make, I'm going to make it out there. I don't care if I have to bring three jackets, which I did. I sat, I think I've sat in a jacket <laughs> plastic over my legs while we you know gloves on and you know the beanie on while you're just watching the game because they won't call a game for snow because snow you don't it just doesn't get wet enough in the spring rain yes but snow no if it's snowing you just kind of keep playing so yeah the giants are going to have a a lot of guy a lot of starting pitchers uh, they probably got seven guys maybe eight guys that they could run out there if they needed but i, I could see you know, Descalfani coming off of a, a big injury, uh, Wood, you know, guys like that. We're like, yeah, let, let's, you know, we don't want to go through, let, let's give those guys an extra day. And, oh, let's bring this kid up and give him a start, and then we'll send him back down. Yeah. And, you know, we'll see how he sort of feels in, in the dugout and how he goes out and how he attacks. And, you know, you, I could see them doing that, but I would also just love for them to bring him up and just like, you're the you're the number five like let's just not even mess around well and if i mean he's he's probably going to have an invite to spring and if he is just lights out in spring and they see something and they could say you're in the five-man rotation to start this season how phenomenal phenomenal what a boost that would be to to the uh you know to the fans to their chances this year. I mean, just everything would kind of uh, rise up a little bit and, and the excitement level would go up because then all of a sudden you're talking about the Webb Harrison one, two punch. And that's very, I mean, that is like, you know, we haven't had a, a we had a great one, two punch last year, but we also knew it was a <laughs> probably a one year, one, two punch. Yeah, exactly. But this is a future. I mean, this this will be the first time since uh, Lincecum and Kane that you could say, "Oh, look at this one too." And they know they know how to market pitchers who are mm -hmm. very exciting. Lincecum was the marquee from two thousand and eight uh, all the way through two thousand and eleven, and you know until sort of Buster kind of replaced him there. But yeah. uh, so they, you know, we had Happy Lincecum Day for you know for several years there. The the team knows how to market uh, in a very exciting young pitcher. So I'm hopeful for oh, yeah. uh, for Kyle. All right, we are done here. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, so probably not even five, barely five days uh, from this show. So I sure <laughs> got to start getting some news. I shaking sure the tree for some news. Exactly. I sure hope <laughs> we get something, or else we're gonna be like. Oh, I forgot about this belt memory that I wanted to <laughs> mention. <laughs> let's talk about Ryan Reckley again. Yeah, let's talk about Reckley <laughs> and let's let's go over Will Bednar's uh, 2022. <laughs> there you yeah, go. So. Uh, all right. Uh, we will be back next week. Thanks for checking in with us. Uh, for Brad, I'm Double GC. When we see you, peace out. Peace.